Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with me here today as we celebrate. We celebrate life. We're also celebrating six years. That's right. Thriving Entrepreneur has now been around for six years. It was the first Tuesday in December, um, which... Technically, this is the second week of December this year, but it was like the 5th of December. So we've been kind of celebrating all week on Facebook. And of course, we needed to come in and do a special celebration with you, the listeners. Uh, whether you're listening live or on the replay, it doesn't matter. It might be 10 years from now and you're like, wow, they did a six-year anniversary. You know, we'll still be here with you then. We love helping you thrive. Love coming to you and allowing you, giving you, sharing with you all that it can take, all that I can come in contact with, all the people that I bump into, the best-selling authors that I work with, all of that to share with you tricks, tips, insider secrets, help, advice, support, encouragement on how you can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. Just as Marnie said in the intro, we're here to help you live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. I do have a great guest with an, another amazing international best-selling book that I am going to be sharing with you today. And it really brings home the concept of celebrating life, of celebrating living. Um, you know, there are so many things that come by. And for those of you that are listening live, you know, you're here December 2020. 2020's been a year, hasn't it? I mean, literally, we were talking about it. I don't even remember who it was the other day, but we were talking about, you know, if dinosaurs came out of the earth or if aliens landed on the front lawn of, you know, any of the nations in the world's capitals and, you know, said, hey, you know, we're here to talk, we wouldn't even be shocked. You know, if the zombie apocalypse happened, it'd be like, wow, you know, that's kind of a break from all of the things we've dealt with with COVID, right? <laughs> um, it's just been a heck of a year. But in the midst of all of that, there's also been some really amazingly exciting things. A whole lot of great guests here on Thriving Entrepreneur, amazing international best-selling authors. There are a lot of you that, um, you know, you were like, hey, I can't leave home anyway, so I'm going to finally break down and I'm going to write that book. I've been saying I'm going to do it for a long time, but, you know, God, the world, the universe, the government, <laughs> they all came together and they decided now is the time for me to get this book done. And you did. Hooray for you. That's such a celebration that you got that book done. And if it isn't a bestseller yet, let's make it a bestseller. Um, you know, and if, uh, if I don't know about it yet, please do share. I want to celebrate with you. I'm excited for all of the things. Um, you know, just so much, so, so much going on. That's good, happy, upbeat, exciting. Um, you know, yeah, we all have our challenges and I don't want to be that ray of sunshine. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do want to be that ray of sunshine in your gloom. Um, I want to help, if only for just this little time that we're together, for you to be able to smile, for you to be able to look at the world around you and be like, oh my gosh, life is worth living. Life has deep, intrinsic meaning and value. I hope, I hope that you do, that you actually feel that deep inside of you. I hope that joy, 
you know, we've talked about this before, but I'll tell those of you who maybe haven't heard me say it before. I define joy as the ability to believe that there is still light in the darkest of nights. And I hope that at the very least, I can bring to you today joy. That no matter how dark it may be, and for some, I know it's really dark. A friend of mine just found out that um, her and her baby have COVID. And, um, you know, it doesn't really change their life much, fortunately. But it's still scary, you know, to have them come back and say, yeah, you tested positive and so did your baby. Um, you know, and so, and the, the stories go on. We all have them. And I don't want to go down that road, but I want you to know that I understand that there is some darkness that's surrounding, spiritual darkness, um, emotional. Oh my gosh, I know some of us have been through so much emotionally, good and bad, this past year. Um, and there's a lot of that going on as well. I just want you to know and understand you're not alone. Number one, that's most important. You are not alone. I've got your back. We're here at WeHelpYouThrive.com at Thriving Entrepreneur Radio Show to be able to be a voice, hopefully a calm and soothing voice sometimes, but also just sometimes a voice to give you some hope, some reason, some something to latch on to. And then, of course, sharing with you some amazing international best-selling authors as they, too, are living their lives full out in the situations that are coming through uh, for them. And you're going to enjoy our guest today because she went through some stuff this year. Um, it's amazing to me. I, I feel like, and I know it's God, um, but whatever you believe in, um, I, I feel like whenever I get to that place where I start feeling woe is me, I know I'm the only one that ever does that, but go with me on this, those of you that have never experienced that. Whenever I get to that place, um, it's real easy to just swim in that, to waddle around in it, to, um, as the phrase from the movies was, uh, you know, swim in it until you get all pruney, you know. But what I find, if I'm looking, happens is I see somebody else. And I realize that, and it doesn't diminish how real it is for me, but it does put into perspective that what I'm going through, it suffers, it pales in comparison to the suffering and the misery of others. And what I've found is the most, most powerful thing we can do is the lower we get, the lower we feel, the the more that life seems to just be jumping on our back and, you know, picking on us, the more that we can in those times reach out, serve others, help others, be there for somebody else, then we really find that we're powerfully showing up in the world, number one, but also we discover that what we were going through is diminished somehow. It's less than. Now I can explain to you to you psychologically, your brain actually literally does not have the capability to be in service and to be in fear at the same time. So when those negative emotions, especially fear, are assailing us, which they do, um, the biggest trick that I know of, and others of you may have ones, and feel free to comment, you know, in Facebook or any of the other places where this will be posted with your suggestions. But what I found is, what I know is that your brain literally cannot be in service and fear at the same time. It's it's not physiologically possible for your brain to exist there. Um, you know, we have hemispheres to our brains and there's several things that are similar to that that um, that we can't do. Um, it's very hard to be um, critical and um, and creative at the same time. Um, that's why when you're like, for example, writing your book, I always encourage people to just let content free flow. Um, so much so that if in the middle of your thoughts, 
um, in the middle of your writing, something pops into your head. It's like, oh, I got to do the laundry today. Write that down. You know, in uh, my more elegantly talented life coaches that do this and really help people, which I'm not that person. There's a lot of talents I have, but I know some people that are just amazing at that. They will help you learn to develop the technique of having a pad of paper right next to you with a pen available and that you would, you know, stop in your typing or writing, whatever you're doing with, or even speak to texting um, or other types of uh, interview style writing. Um, They will tell you to have that pad and write that down on the pad and then move on. Um, Because I'm not that elegant, (laughs) Um, what I would tell you is, is literally in the middle of writing your book, in the middle of, uh, you know, doing a voicing of your book, which is the most powerful way to do your book. Um, if you ever want to talk about that, feel free to go to askstevekid.com. Reach out to me. I would love to talk to you about ways you can get your book done. Uh, but that's totally a sideways segue. Um, you know, what I encourage a person to do is right in the middle of all that, just write down that thought that comes in their head. Just do not stop the flow of creativity because, again, creativity and critical thinking can't exist at the same time. You can't do both simultaneously. If you go from creation to editing, you know, if you're like, ooh, I wonder if there should be a comma here, you totally lose your train of thought in creative world. That's why most of you struggle, most of all of us, um, you know, I, I said you not because I'm trying to pick on you, but because I I feel blessed that I discovered um, the ability to do this and that I teach it um, because we all do when we don't know this secret, we all do get caught saying something and critiquing it, being creative and then being critical to what we just created rather than allowing creativity to flow. Um, in fact, uh, what I suggest is, is that, um, you know, is, is that after you've done the creative, let somebody else do the first blush of critical on it. Um, now here's, here's a secret. Um, I really hadn't expected we were going to go this direction, but, um, I love how it's flowing. Here's another secret. When you, when you're creative and then you ask somebody else, Hey, can you look at this and tell me if it, if it feels like it flow, you know, again, we're just talking content now. We're not in grammar space. Do you, can you look at it and see if it flows and, you know, maybe rearrange things if it needs to. What's going to come back to you is not going to be grammatically perfect. Um, I heard somebody the other day when we were going through this process, they were like, it sounds like a seventh grader wrote it. It very well may. Because we're not worried about punctuation, spelling, grammar, spacing, paragraphing, formats, all of those kind of things. We just simply want to know, do we have all the content for this book that needs to come out? I love doing that with people. Clarity is so powerful. I love working with my authors to help them move from the space where they've wanted to do the book, but they haven't, to the place where, oh, look. The book is done. Oh, look, I'm a best-selling author. There is nothing more exciting. Um, it, it's a journey, and I will, I will tell you right up front. I will tell you right up front. The day before your book comes out, and I don't care how many books you've put out, I'm sure that Oprah, Tony Robbins, any of those would tell you the same thing. I even, in fact, saw um, an interview with Michelle Obama where she was talking about just before her book came out, uh, feeling like she was an imposter and that she had no right and nothing to say, uh, nothing that the world needed. So um, you're in good company when you feel that. Everybody has that the night before. Well, what if? What if my book doesn't become a bestseller? Even though Steve guarantees it, what if I'm the one that breaks that? I had one here a week or two ago that in the midst of it, you know, um, and she's like, you know, I think I'm going to end up being the person that ruins your perfect 100% average. And I'm like, oh no, I got you. We got this. I know exactly what it takes. And yeah, 
If it means that I'm staying up all night to do the things behind the scenes that I do that I'm not ever going to teach you because you don't need to know how to do that stuff. I'm going to make that book a bestseller because I love doing that. And that's, you know, like I said, we segued into doing books and it's just because it's what I love doing. I love working with my authors. I love sharing them with you here on the show. But I do want to kind of move back into celebration, celebrating life. I feel so blessed to be alive. There are people who aren't. I feel so blessed because this morning when Mocha and I went outside, the sun was shining. It was so warm. And I know there are those of you, you know, because it's December. So there are many of you that are living in climates where, um, you know, where it's cold. It's very cold. Um, and some of you uh, are really loving it. Um, I have some friends that are like, oh, no, I've got hot chocolate and the fireplace is roaring and, and I'm all curled up and it's just wonderful watching the snow falling outside. For me, I immediately said, brr. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. I lived in Southern California, what now, for like almost five years, I guess it'll be in January, uh, four years, something like that. I guess four years will be this January, um, you know, and uh, I like warm. I like feeling the sun streaming on my face. It's such a great thing to celebrate. And so there is so much in my own personal life to celebrate. Mocha, of course, has things to celebrate all the time because she's a dog and she is happy. She just is fine as long as somebody's rubbing her belly. That's all that she needs in life. There are so many good things going on in the world. And I know there are some things that aren't so good, too. Um, you know, I'm not oblivious to it. But what I know is, as my good friend Ernie Villanueva would say, yesterday is a canceled check. Tomorrow is a promissory note. Today is the only legal tender you can spend. Today is the only day we have. Today is the only day that's promised. And the only promise in it is... You're awake and you're alive right now. We don't know all of the random things that are coming our way, that were removed from our path before we ever got there. We can't do anything about yesterday, even though we know we've blown it. You know, we can go back to the people and we can say, hey, you know, I really blew it. I'm really, really sorry. And ask for forgiveness. And, uh, and they have the right to accept that or not. But what we, you know, and, and, and going forward, we can't change the future. We can't make it not rain tomorrow if it's going to. We can't make it not get warm or not get cold or any of those kind of things. We don't have that kind of control. We'd like to, right? But we just can't. But what we can do is maximize today. We can celebrate life today. Be excited, be ecstatic, be happy. Thrive today. Now, what does it mean to maximize today? It just means making the most out of today, exactly who you are, exactly where you are. I've said before on my Facebook Lives, maybe the best way for you to maximize today is to take a nap. Maybe you've been overdoing it, and maybe what you need to do is learn the art of loving yourself enough to not do so much. Maybe you need to write a letter, call somebody on the phone, tell somebody, hey, you know what, I was just thinking about you. I really care about you. And I wanted you today to just feel me say to you, I love you. Never be afraid to tell someone I love you doesn't even matter. They can come back and say, you know what? I hate your guts. Saying I love you is so powerful. In all of those kind of things, the importance is that we celebrate life. We celebrate living. That we take today and we maximize today to its fullest. Let tomorrow take care of itself. Make up for in any ways we can anything from yesterday, but just be the best you you can be right here, right now, today. And as we do that, then we truly are living 
as a thriving entrepreneur. And that's what we want, isn't it? We are going to take a commercial break and then come back with a guest with her book. Thank you so much for being with me today as we celebrate six years of thriving entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. (laughs) Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity, and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far, and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbesttellertoday.com, schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free, it's guaranteed, it's proven, we've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbesttellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve, reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now, what are you waiting for? Grab a pen, here we go. All you gotta do is book a call, yourbesttellertoday.com. Go to yourbesttellertoday.com Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we celebrate six years of being here on the radio, on podcasts, streaming all over the world, sharing these amazing best-selling authors with the world, sharing insights into how you too can live as a thriving entrepreneur. Thanks again, Marnie, for uh, doing that intro. And thanks to Lakeisha Michelle for the music that is behind that commercial Um, You know, she did that for me special and I really appreciate it. And the words, you're enough, more than enough. It means so much to me and I really, really appreciate her having done that. Um, You know, and also thank you to Lonnie. Uh, Lonnie, thanks for doing the voice over for the commercial. Um, You know, I really appreciate you. I appreciate you taking the time to do it. Um, You know, take some time today to say thank you to somebody, to be grateful to somebody, to honor, value, love, and support somebody today. That's one of the most amazing things you can do. We are really talking today about celebrating life. And often there are some things that come up that, uh, you know, help us really be able to really see how important, how special life is. And as we go through them, we come out to the other side, we can come out feeling and knowing just how blessed we are. And we then can thrive even more in what we do. And we can share not only what we've been through, but some of the cool things that we learned as we went through it. That's why I love this next guest. She is such a powerful international best-selling author that has a message of something she's gone through this last year that she needs to share with you and that you need to take heart from, heartening from, and also really learn just how you can thrive in each day, each moment of your life as well. Without further ado, let's jump into our author. Join me in welcoming Bridget Alpha Atkins. How are you today, Bridget? I'm good. Actually, Steve, it's Akins. Akins. I mess up everybody's names. It should be a drinking game. Yes. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> and, and join me in welcoming Bridget Akins. <laughs> so tell us, I mean, you've been through so much just in 2020, but before we get into that, tell us just a little bit about um, who you are in general. Well, I am, uh, was born and raised in Tennessee. Uh, My husband and I um, actually met at a university we were working at, and we moved to North Carolina for 10 years. Then in the last three years, we relocated to upstate New York. He is originally from um, 
northern New York. So it wasn't, uh, it was something we wanted to get closer to family. So it wasn't just a move out of nowhere. Um, we got here and it really allowed us to kind of focus on our health and fitness. Uh, I became a health coach and we really just started on that journey of being probably in the best shape of our lives. Um, and that's what kind of helped, uh, me get through this 2020 portion, um, and all the things that came in this year. Um, I'm also a teacher. I have two wonderful children. Um, we love the outdoors. Um, we love sports, especially soccer. Um, and that's basically who we are. Perfect. So tell us the story. I mean, I've heard it, but for the listeners, tell them the story of what you went through here in 2020. So in early 2020, probably the end of February, I just started, I was probably in the best shape of my life. In April, 2019, I ran a half marathon. I was doing high intensity workouts, yoga, just feeling really great. And then um, at the end of February, 2020, I started just feeling like kind of tired, noticed a little bloating. We thought it was probably because i don't work out as heavily in the winter, kind of just try to go with the natural seasons and lay a little bit lower in the winter. Um, After a few days, maybe a week, my husband and I were both like, okay, this is not what that is. Like there's no way, like I'm bloating this much. So we, I made an appointment with um, my doctor. They um, didn't, had a visit, did an exam and found out there was a cyst. And that's basically where everything started. Um, The cyst, the doctor seemed to think that it would probably be benign because I had no precursors, um, no history, family history of cancer, no family history of endometriosis, no endometriosis myself. So we, that was like the first week of March. And then March 13th is pretty much when everything in our area and most of the country kind of shut down. But in um, New York, that's when everything came to a halt. And we had actually gone to his parents in Northern New York to just get away. Maybe I'll feel better if I rest for like a long weekend. Um, As I said, it was the 13th. We got there. We planned on staying for the weekend. Um, I felt really bad over the weekend. Um, My sister-in-law, who is a PA, was able to get me in to see the doctor she works with that Monday, which was the 16th of March, 16th of March came along, went to the appointment. He said, okay, I think you're, you know, it could be benign. Um, that's probably what it is, but we need to get to you to a specialist just to be sure. So Wednesday, the 18th, I saw a specialist. He immediately said, this is probably cancer, which was not at all what we were expecting. Um, so from the 13th of March, then the 16th of March to hearing that it's probably benign. All of a sudden, the 18th of March, we got the probably cancer diagnosis and with a surgery uh, two days later on March 20th. And that's when we got the final diagnosis that um, it was indeed um, ovarian cancer. That's a lot. And of course, COVID hit. Well, I mean, it had already hit, but you know, the lockdown hit right then. So Yes, it did. And you you recount all of this in your amazing book, Rise Up, Defining Your Cancer Journey So Cancer Doesn't Define You. So if I remember correctly, you basically had to deal with the whole thing on your own because the hospitals were closed, right? Well, we, so we were able to go um, to sort of because it was, um, you know, it wasn't an elective surgery or anything. And because of the, so I only had symptoms for two weeks. We were very blessed and lucky that the symptoms were so aggressive that they found it early. So, but because they were so aggressive, I had gained probably 15 pounds in around three weeks. Um, they want, and he, the doctor, the specialist was certain, pretty certain it was cancer. Um, they got it out quickly. So that was why I got a two turnaround for the surgery. Once from the surgery, 
we got out of the surgery because it was quarantine. Like, you know, like you said, everything was kind of locked down. Um, we ended up staying at my, uh, their father-in-law's. Um, and I said it before, but we went up thinking we were going up for a long weekend and we actually were there until we were there for 13 weeks before we ever got to come back to our home in Albany, which is about four hours away. And then we still were only here for like a week and then we headed back and we were there until the end of July, 1st of August. Um, and so that kind of was because I started four weeks after. So with the surgery, they took out the cyst. They did a complete hysterectomy. Um, I had about a four to five week recovery period. And then I immediately started chemotherapy. That is so much. So, I mean, I'm glad you get along with your in-laws, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're wonderful people. Oh, I just, you know, I mean, some people are was, thinking. It, right. <laughs> I know, but it actually was amazing. It was, you know, we've said before that, um, you know, we have a very strong faith in God and we would never have asked for anything like COVID to happen. But in our specific situation, if I was going to be diagnosed with cancer, it couldn't have come at a better time because we were quarantined and it allowed us to stay there. We were all working from home. My mother-in-law, my husband, myself, my kids were, you know, digital school. Uh, my father-in-law was still working outside um, of the house. But other than that, we were just there and we could be together. And they were so helpful with laundry, with meals, with, you know, entertaining kids. Like there were just so many things that um, I was limited in being able to help with. And then as the chemotherapy went on and my body, it, it took more of a toll on my body. I really couldn't do much of anything, but you know, take care of myself. And I, you know, still needed help doing that sometimes. Um, but yeah, so they, it was amazing to have um, Jane and Gordy there to just help with all the things that could have been overwhelming and would have been overwhelming maybe for my husband too, because he would have had to have done all of that. Um, like I said, once I was unable to, you know, do anything, but I was just focused on walking to the mailbox every day because that's the only amount of energy I had. So yeah, for us, I, um, it was a blessing to be at their house that entire time. So it's kind of an unfair question. It's kind of like asking you which of your kids is favorite. Don't answer that. They might be around. Um, <laughs> but uh, what is your favorite part <laughs> of the book? <laughs> oh, that is an interesting question. Um, I don't know, Steve. I think that probably it's not one specific, but um, you've looked at it. You've uh, seen the book many times helping me go through these edits, but you know, it's broken down into parts. So I tell my story and then I give, you know, words of wisdom, like a blog post and then words of wellness, which give everybody tips, not just to deal with cancer, but just how to take care of yourself and be mindful. And I love those things, but I think my favorite part is the actual story, is the actual um, reliving, retelling everything that I went through, because I do think it's such an amazing story. I mean, it's my story and my family's story, but I think it's amazing and it, it really is relatable to people that have cancer, especially, and they're getting this news and they're like, I don't know where to go from here. You know, I don't give any medical advice or groundbreaking things, but it's just the ways that I dealt with. And so as a person who loves like biographies and books of that nature, I, I think my favorite part is probably just the story. So what does it mean to you now that you've been through this to rise up? I think as I went through this journey and rise up has been 
a phrase that's special for our family for several years now. We, um, I don't know, like three to five years ago, we went to an FCA coaches camp in Black Mountain, North Carolina, and the theme was rise or rise up. And it was based on the verse Joshua 1-9 of you're strong and courageous. And we've always said that as our family, it's kind of a motto with our kids, strong and courageous. And so as I was going through this journey and in my book, I tell about how I came up with the mantra and a goal of be positive because some days that's all that I could do. I didn't have the energy. I didn't have the physical strength, the emotional or mental strength. All I could do was try to focus on being positive. So I think rise up came when I think, okay, be positive. And I thought of my faith. I thought, you know, back to that time, strong and courageous. That's what we always our kids to be strong and courageous. So even now my mantra is still like be positive, but I look back And I depend on my faith because as much as I had hoped that, you know, cancer, they got all the cancer. Great. Chemotherapy is over. Great. I feel like I should be back to doing whatever I want to do and working out. Um, It's not the case. And I knew deep down that wasn't going to be the case. So even now rise up to me. It's just that motivation I need in the morning or the motivation I need when I am so tired, I'm in tears, or I still have pain, or all of those things that just come along with recovery from cancer and chemotherapy. Um, It's a motivation I need to say, okay, get up, you can do this, like, or sit down, you don't need to do that. Or it's okay, you're not where you want to be right now, but you're gonna get there. So for a person who just was diagnosed, um, what would you advise them as the first thing that they can do mentally to prepare themselves for their journey? Sorry, Steve, can you repeat that? Yeah, for somebody that was just diagnosed with any form of cancer, um, what would be the first thing that they can do to prepare themselves for the journey that's ahead of them? I think one of the simplest things um, is to just breathe. And I talk about in my book, just a simple breathing exercise. There's many of them. I use a five, five, seven breathing technique where you breathe in for five seconds and you hold that breath for five seconds and then you let out a longer seven second exhale. But for me, that calmed my body. It calmed my mind for a minute and said, okay, this is real now what can you do? So take that breath, you know, let it sink in for a minute and then kind of make your plan. And for me, part of that was, okay, what am I going to do? I did the research. I read all things. I didn't have very much uh, knowledge about ovarian cancer. Uh, which I assume a lot of people don't unless they've been affected by it. And so I was researching everything and, okay, what do I do during chemo? What snacks do I need? What things are going to help with the pain? Um, You know, I want a hat, I want a wig, like all of these things that just to try to have some kind of control over what was about to happen. So, you know, take the breath. Then if you want to research, research, figure out what's coming Maybe your research is just talking to someone who's been through it. Maybe it's getting on the internet like I did and Googling everything and reaching out to people. Um, But kind of know what you're dealing with, um, but also know that your story is going to be different. You may read things on the internet, as we all know, that are like, oh my gosh, that's so scary. What if this happens? What if that happens? Take it for what it's worth. This is information, but no, your story may be different and your experience will be different and you kind of just have to go with it. So for a person who would like to go deeper with you, how can somebody contact you, work with you, that kind of thing? Well, they can uh, go to my website, BridgetAkins.com. They can send me a message there, fill out a contact form. Or they can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Health Coaching by Bridget, and they can send me a DM or a messenger message that way. 
The book is called Rise Up, Defining Your Cancer Journey So Cancer Doesn't Define You. It's available in both Kindle and paperback form on Amazon, and I really do encourage you to get it today. Bridget, thank you so much for spending some time with us on the show today. Thank you, Steve. So great. Such an amazing book. And wow, what a story. I mean, don't you want to see that as like, you know, a movie of the week or, you know, maybe even on the big screen? The things that she went through and did all of it by herself with COVID. And yet all of the blessings that she talks about that's come and all the great teaching now that's in her book. You see, we go through stuff we do. But what we can also learn through the stuff we go through is how to celebrate life, how to see how wonderful, how beautiful, how precious, how special life is. I hope that you can grab a hold of that too. And that as we're celebrating six years here on Thriving Entrepreneur, that you too are celebrating life and that you have things that are helping you live every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur. We'll be right back. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. (laughs) Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so glad that you took the time today to join with me in celebrating life and in celebrating six years of Thriving Entrepreneur. I want to make sure that you know that I really appreciate you, that I wouldn't be here without you, that um, I do this with you in mind, thinking about how can I help you thrive in everything you do in your life, in your business, with your family, with your friends, uh, when you're out having fun, when you're working your fingers to the bone. How can you do all of it and thrive? Now, uh, it was so much easier when I was young, right? You know, when we're little and, and life is just always perfect or it feels that way, so much easier to be happy-go-lucky. But uh, I don't want to be too overly Pollyanna on you. I know that stuff happens in life. I get that. I, it's totally real. I understand. But I really do hope that in the midst of life and all the things that happen in life, I hope that you can thrive that you can feel an innate sense of thriving, flooding up, rushing out from within you, even in the worst of times, even in the most difficult of situations where you're like, oh man, I can't believe that just happened. And yet, even still, you find yourself saying, hey, I'm thriving in what I'm doing today in life. I am so happy to be able to just be me. I want you more than anything to really be able to celebrate your life. Celebrate living. Celebrate the good things. And yeah, even get to the place where you can celebrate the bad. There needs some distance between, you know, between some of those. And sometimes 
uh, you know, the only celebration that we can find for the worst of things in our life is to be glad that we're not going through that anymore. Um, there are some things that are just horrible. And there's no way they're ever going to be good. But we can rejoice that we're no longer there. I've done so many books with so many cool people that have been through things that I can't even fathom how difficult what they went through was. But universally, the one thing that I know, it's part of what makes their books so amazing, is that they came out from those things. They're no longer in the midst of that. And they have learned lessons from the worst of stuff. And they've learned the power of rejoicing, of celebrating in the now because the now is so much better than what the then was. So again, I don't want to be Pollyanna in your life, but I do hope that as you look back at the things that you wish could have changed, I have those things too, we all do, that you can also look at them and realize how good your life is now, that the bad times of your life can help you even more so appreciate now the good things in your life. I hope that for you. I really do. You know, and for some of you, you're going through some stuff right now. Maybe you even, like a friend of mine, maybe you even have COVID. You just got diagnosed. Um, and maybe it'll be horrible and maybe it won't be bad at all. I don't know because I'm not a medical doctor. But what I do know is that you'll get through. And that I'm here for you. And that our prayers go out to you as you're in the midst of this. Or as somebody you love is in the midst of it. I have a really good friend that works as a, a care nurse. That uh, the patient that she's working with is on hospice. You know, that's what she does. Is in-home hospice care. And the older lady is more than likely in her last days. In fact, a couple of nights ago... They thought they were the, her last days. And I'm not going to go into any more detail than that because it's not mine to tell. But I found myself as I was praying for both her and the woman in her care, I found myself thinking a different thought than I've ever thought before because death is scary. Let's just be honest. None of us want to think about face death. Um, you know, I was there during the time that... Kathy's mom passed away. I was, you know, right there in the room and, and I sent Kathy out of the room afterwards and I dealt with all of the stuff with, you know, with the end of that. And I don't even want to go into it. It sends a shiver down my spine still thinking about it. It's, it's scary. It's not a good thing. But in this particular moment, I was overwhelmed by also the sense of the creator and of the whole of the universe, all of creation, welcoming this dear soul into the next, whatever that next is. And again, I'm not here to preach to you, so I won't push my religious belief on you. But I do believe strongly, and we can even talk about it scientifically, you know, energy is never created nor destroyed. It just simply shows up in a different form. And I just was overwhelmed with the miracle of transition. And even in that, I found myself celebrating the celebration. And yes, I'm a Christian. You know, I'm a third generation minister. It said so right at the beginning of the show. And so for me, I was thinking of the celebration in heaven as another dear soul gets to come back and live with our creator and be in true peace and harmony that we never know here on this planet. And so even in that moment, and it frustrates the heck out of uh, Maya, even will flat out tell me, it's like, you're so annoying sometimes because you always find good things. But even in that moment, I found myself rejoicing. You see, often when we get closer to the things that seem the worst in our life, the unovercomable obstacles what we find is, 
is that was never a cloud to begin with. That the cloud didn't just have silver lining, that it wasn't just a Steve that's annoying, that's talking about the good and the possibilities of good, that it was actually piles of silver covered with cotton candy. And that the best and the greatest of opportunities came out of those moments that seemed impossible, that seemed like there was no way back, no way to thriving, and nothing in life to celebrate. I've been there. I'm even in transition in a lot of things in my own life right now. And I have to choose, and some days I don't, to thrive, to celebrate life, to find something to rejoice about or like I shared earlier, to just simply put myself in service when I don't feel anything good or hopeful about life at all. To just simply reach out to someone and say, hey, do you need anything? Are you okay? You know I'm here for you. My close friends, the ones that really know me, they'll, they'll, they'll tell you. Steve is the kind of guy that's almost annoying because he will ask you multiple times, is there anything I can do for you? Do you need anything? I've had friends that, as we were becoming friends, and the reality of me being that way was, well, really honestly beginning to frustrate them. Later on, it dawned on them who I am and what I am and how I just be in this world. They would tell me, it's like, you know, you don't have to ask me that. I even had one person say, you know... Um, is your self-esteem so low that you have to put yourself in service all the time? And I stopped and I thought about it. I was like, is that why I do it? And I came back to realize that for me, this doesn't have to be you, but for me, I love helping and serving people. I love being the guy that you can call at two o'clock in the morning. Now I have to tell you, it's really funny. Um, you know, my phone the last, uh, it was a couple of weeks ago. I said that to somebody and then um, and then somebody actually did call me. It was now, in my defense, they called me at like 6.30 in the morning, which is about the worst time I could think of for you to call me. Um, and uh, and I didn't hear the phone ring. Um, it, it almost never happens. I mean, I've done tech support where, you know, because of the company I own or what have you, I've been the guy that answers the phone from a client at 2 a.m. Um, for the most part, I don't do that with my clients now. I have learned some boundaries very few, um, you know, but, uh, you know, for my friends, they know, Hey, if I was hurting, if I really needed somebody, I could call Steve. I could text Steve. He would pick up the phone. He would be there for me. And if for some reason he missed the call, he was on another call, whatever the reason might be, I know Steve will get back to me. I like being that person. I define myself as that person. Do I screw up? Yeah. Do I fail? Yeah. Have I missed the boat? Amazingly. Ugh. The guilt could overwhelm me if I went down that road. But I just simply love being there helping you thrive. So that you can share the amazingness that is you with the world and know that somebody's got your back. In any transition that you're going through in life, you've got somebody that's going to tap you on the shoulder and be like, hey, what can you celebrate in life today? And then you can look at me and glare. <laughs> I've had teenagers, can you tell? Um, and be like, there's nothing good right now. Thank you. And I'll smile, or maybe I won't. I'd like to say that I'll smile, but, you know, I'm a human being. And inside my heart, even in the times when I have to rewrite myself and come back to this, inside my heart, I will spread love to you in this time when maybe me saying I'm there for you, me asking you what can you celebrate today, just does nothing but annoy you to no end. That's okay too. No judgment. Remember, we're in a judgment-free zone here on Thriving Entrepreneur. We are simply just being who we are today. Whether you are just 
being the best you, by being the grumpiest person on the planet, go for it. Be the best, biggest grouch that ever lived. Be so grouchy that they rename Oscar the Grouch to you. That they ask you if you would be willing to go on Sesame Street and pop out of a trash can because you have outgrouched Oscar the Grouch. Be the king of Grouchland. If that's who you are and what you want to define yourself as. No judgment. It's just about celebrating being the best you you can be. Oscar celebrates trash. He has a song about how he loves trash. So whatever it is for you in your life, I hope that you can celebrate you, that you can celebrate living, that you can celebrate your life today. That you can maximize while it's called today to be simply and totally the best you that you can be today. Tomorrow will come. You'll be whoever you'll be tomorrow. And I hope that you'll be the best you tomorrow too. And if you blow it, guess what? Judgment-free zone, remember? We're all still going to love you, support you, uplift you and watch as you rise back up and soar as you move from tripping falling failing messing up like we all do back to thriving you see even if you work for another company and you have no intention of being an entrepreneur not ever you're still a thriving entrepreneur because you are the CEO of your life. And you are living a highly profitable, massively successful life. Being you. And sometimes we don't see it. Sometimes the spreadsheet doesn't look that way. But today is the day to stop and celebrate your life. Celebrate living. Celebrate all that CEO of you incorporated, all of the things that you've accomplished, all the great things that you do, how massively, amazingly, incredible you are. Because you are. You are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose. And the world needs you. Please know that I don't just say out of habit, is there anything I can do to help you? I mean it. I'm here for you. I want to do anything that I can do to help you thrive. That's why I love the website, wehelpyouthrive.com. That's where all these shows are at. That's who I am. I'm here for you to help you live every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur, succeeding, failing, living, celebrating life right here, right now, today. And until we're together again next time on Facebook, on the radio, wherever we might meet, I hope that you do thrive and have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com, schedule a talk with Steve, 
believe. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. You